Welcome to The Catalyst, where we explore creative ideas to spark innovation in an unhealthy healthcare system. I'm your host, Dr. Lara Salyer, a physician and mom of three who is reimagining the way I practice medicine after suffering and overcoming burnout. Join me as I teach you how to optimize flow and catalyze your own revolution in healing. Tune in for candid conversations with leading experts in conventional and holistic healthcare who dare to believe a better future is possible for all of us. Life is made of teeny catalytic moments of immense impact. When strung together, the transformation is magical. Join us and let's color outside the lines. Welcome to this episode of the Catalyst Podcast, Unplugged, putting the me back in metrics. In this episode, I'm going to dive into how I look at metrics in my work-life masterpiece. Metrics are the way we measure our progress, and redefining success is one of the biggest things we talk about inside my 12-month Catalyst Studio Mentorship. So I'm going to share the top three categories that I use. They're not the only three, but the top three categories that trip us up as independent healthcare entrepreneurs, that we tend to spiral into imposter syndrome or fatalistic thinking that we're not getting anywhere. We can easily be sidetracked. And I'm going to help you design your own metrics that are expressive of you. So we're going to put the me back into metrics in this episode. Okay, so let's dive in. Oftentimes, as we're growing a business, it is step by step by step. Any life change is the same way. Making a decision to pivot and start a new trajectory, whether it's in your career, in a personal relationship, maybe it's moving to a different state, deciding to have a child, all these big major life milestones have a decision process. And once you've crossed the threshold of that decision, you're always going to look back and think, oh, is this, is this the right decision? I love reflecting back on a TED talk that I saw uh, by a psychologist researcher, and I'll have to put it in the show notes because I can't think of her name right offhand, but she went through the studies and evidence that showed no decision is a bad decision because neurologically, psychologically, your brain will have confirmation bias and you will make that decision the right decision for you. So you can move forward with confidence that you are making the decision that fits the best with the information you have. Now, six years ago, when I decided that I could no longer live in the system of family medicine that I was in, it didn't mean it was a wrong system. It didn't mean that it was completely you know, error-filled. I loved my staff. I loved my patients. I loved the procedures I did. When people ask me today, don't you miss, you know, sewing up lacerations and helping with women's health, doing IUDs and, um, you know, all the things I did, fracture cast setting, um, splinting, all the fun things in a rural family medicine office. Absolutely. I miss those things. But it's like any chapter in transition in life. Just because you're grieving the absence of certain things in your life now does not mean you can hold space and honor that that served a great purpose during those chapters in your life, but it no longer fit the overall equation of happiness and peace. And to me, I could no longer feel enlivened, excited, and thrilled to come into work every day in that system. Once I had seen the other side and got inspired to innovate healthcare 
in different terms using functional and holistic medicine to build my own practice to see that this is sustainable and create something new for our small rural community i couldn't fit back into that mold i had to move i had to leave that area but that was six years ago and i remember each step of the way felt scary it was uncharted and so i had to double down on looking with microscopic precision on what is the next best step i need at this moment and it may have looked like who do i call today to help me figure out if i need to be an s corporation or an llc okay who do i ask about renting an office space and you know all these things then open up 10 other questions but it's a very slow progression towards the outcome of being in a space that matched the vision of the next chapter of my medical career it's very easy to get sidetracked in any major life decision like this because these small tiny steps although they're very catalytic they don't feel impressive when you are making these changes and dutifully checking off the boring things on that checklist you feel like it is this even i'm not getting the rush of satisfaction and glee that i thought i would this is feeling like work and it's feeling mundane and boring and this is so true so we can be very vulnerable as we look outward to reflect our progress when we look at the ways other people are measuring their success or progress and we immediately reflect back on our situation we can feel that we've made a mistake or that we're not doing things correctly believe me i felt it too and i still feel it this is why you have to use the hide or unfollow button all the time on social media and i i ask people to do that for me as well sometimes when we see social media as an example we see everyone's highlights and if we're in a vulnerable spot for that day or that week it can hit us in a very tender spot in our career or our life or just the way our mental health is it's okay to hide or unfollow the world is still going to be there so when you're devising your own metrics this is how i recommend putting the me back into metrics I'm going to use three categories that trip up a lot of the catalyst mentees inside our studio social media patients and their healing and success overall success and i picked these because these tend to be that downward drain and spiral to gloom when we get overwhelmed and worried about all the things especially when we're talking about foraging a space in functional holistic medicine it's still relatively new, even though it's been around for almost 30 years, when we're bringing it into spaces like a conventional setting, or we're going out on our own in an entrepreneur setting, we're foraging new territory. So this can feel scary because we're having to not only claim this territory as something that we're excited about and we want to educate, but we're almost having to prove ourselves. And as I learned when I spoke in London and met amazing practitioners across the globe from New Zealand to you know Italy and France, everybody converging at the IPM Congress, this is very similar. We all feel it. It can feel very isolating to be a healthy deviant and living and creating a system of healthcare that is so unique not to mention how do we measure our metrics how do we feel that we're making a difference and this is where it gets trippy there is no one right way you have to devise your own system of metrics 
so that you can grow and measure your own progress on your own terms. There is no one right direction towards health. There is no one right way to run a business. There are best practices. There are standards of care. There are frameworks and roadmaps and guidelines. This is the things I offer in the Catalyst Studio Mentorship. But you can find these similar things in any coaching or business mentorship. You can find similar health practices in any other doctor's office. When we are delivering healthcare to our patients, we are putting our own signature spin on it and helping them with their steps towards health. So we're using our own value system and mission to empower and ignite this change in our patients. So this is how I view putting the me back in metrics. Let's start with social media. What do you think of when you hear the word social media? And if you're an entrepreneur, you know, and you're especially trying to stake your claim as a health expert in the social media space, what are some words that might come up in your mind when you think of social media? Many of the people I talk to, they think, oh, a lot of work, overwhelming. Um, They think that successful social media has to be funny or educational, consistent, um, has to have a lot of video, uh, memes. It should be authentic. It should be vulnerable. Uh, There's that ever elusive going viral, um, supportive community. All of these things are right, but we can't measure ourselves using all of these metrics. So what I do is I only pick two or three that are very important to me. I love being funny, but I'm not going to be funny all the time. And I'm certainly not as funny as the collective humanity I see on TikTok or Instagram reels. There are some clever and amazing funny humans on this planet. And I am so entertained. And a little bit jealous. I would love to just have a channel where I could just be funny and and be super authentic and vulnerable and share my innermost creative thoughts. But that is not something that I'm going to measure myself by. I've chosen consistency and authenticity, those two metrics in social media that bring out the best in me. So metrics that reflect me. So whenever I'm scrolling through social media, and if I feel triggered, jealous, envious, whatever it is, I pause and I reflect back, what are the metrics that I'm using? And if this specific thing is not aligned with my metrics, then let it go. I educate my mentees all the time. Look at your own values. Look and filter your emotions through your mission and values. If you're still feeling envious and jealous, then that might mean you want to move in that direction of that domain or value. And that's okay. It's giving you information. Emotions are messengers. So if you're still feeling a little like envious that somebody is is having a mini series featured on some famous podcast, I mean, maybe that's telling you something. Maybe that is something that you secretly do want. If not, let it go. Um, Use social media that aligns with the metrics that you choose. And you might be different. You might say, well, I really don't want to do video. Okay. But then don't be triggered or try not to get activated and and worried about all the other people doing video. Then unfollow them and really start to curate your world on social media so that you can surround yourself with examples and role models of people that are doing it in the way that align with you. Uh, There is no one right way to use social media to promote your business or your life or your mission. The only right way is to make metrics that are meaningful to you. So 
in closing for social media, think of all the ways that social media can be impactful, fun, and engaging, and pick two or three and stick to that for your own metrics. Are you consistent? Are you authentic? Those are mine. And if the answer is yes and yes, then okay, that's great. I don't measure on followers. I don't measure on a lot of the typical virality that can be unfortunately gamified and make us addicted to the social media, you know, um, I guess interactions. And I just, I don't really buy into that. So that's okay. If you do, you might have different metrics, but just be clear about what you're using social media for. Are you feeling overwhelmed and exhausted by your busy medical practice? Are you struggling to find the energy and passion you once had? I understand, especially challenges that come with burnout in the medical field. I've experienced it myself, and I've dedicated my life to helping others overcome it using the neuroscience of flow acquisition. That's why I've created a playful 10-question assessment designed to help you measure your burnout and ability to get back into flow. Come play rock, paper, scissors. Your score will be matched to a persona. Are you a rock? Stable in your values, but difficult to motivate into action. You might avoid time management, so you're really not sure if you're making progress. Are you paper? You follow what the path should be on paper, but you might have difficulty making decisions with what matters most to you. Or are you scissors? Happy to be busy, clip, clip, clipping along and smashing those goals, but you're suffering depleted energy and feeling exhausted. Your score will be tallied and you will receive a customized plan sent straight to your inbox. This catalyst compass is designed to jumpstart your journey to overcome burnout and find renewed energy. Don't let burnout take over your life. Take control today and just invest 90 seconds of your time to get your own catalyst compass. Visit drlarasalier.com forward slash catalyst and click the let's play button to unlock the path to a more balanced, passionate, and fulfilling work-life masterpiece. Okay, the next category is patients and their healing. Now, we are here as a service. We are here to empower, to educate, to ascertain what is the next best supplement or food or test for our patients. And this is a high level of responsibility. But that's where it ends. Patients do a lot of the work. They're doing 50% of the work. They're implementing and they're applying our recommendations. So we are assisting and supporting, but really it's up to them to do the hard work. So if we hang our hat on their outcome, we can feel very disempowered if it doesn't reflect the efforts that we've given. So there's many ways to measure how successful that your patients and their healing are. For example, MSQ score, Promise score, there's many apps, you know, you could use an in-body system. I mean, you can look everywhere and there's some medical device or app or platform or subscription that can certainly offer to help you measure progress. We see this in conventional medicine all the time, you know, different ways they measure progress with labs, et cetera, et cetera. And that's completely valid. But everyone's different on how they want to measure progress. Maybe in your mind, you're looking at, I want to develop a multidisciplinary clinic with 10 providers of different natures of acupuncture, massage, you know, um, hydrotherapy, all these things. That's great. That could be a journey towards healing. Maybe you like to think of numbers. I want to have a huge clinic or I want to have a tiny clinic. 
but impactful, right? Uh, maybe patience and healing to you is a community kitchen, is uh, regular group visits that empower working moms um, that are stressed, or maybe patience and healing, the metrics to you is a lean overhead and streamlined. Maybe it's very practical. You don't want a lot of fancy gadgets or high-level testing. You just want practical, useful ways to empower your patients and the healing. So all of these things are important. And there's so many ways to peel an orange. There's no one right way. But when you are clear on your metrics by putting the me back in metrics, then you are running less risk of being derailed when you start to see everybody else's way that they're helping their patients. And there's fantastic things to do for patients. I mean, goodness, I talk about this in my open office hours. Every Thursday, I alternate with my health coach and we educate our community in our free open office hours that's live streamed into our Facebook group. Now, our patient members that are private and they're paying our membership, they, they can ask questions privately after this educational series. And by the way, anybody can join our Facebook group. It's the Holistic Hub in Wisconsin. It's on Facebook. And you can watch the live stream. But this is the thing, is creating this opportunity for patients is lovely. There's many ways to empower patient healing. And we talk about you know, the alpha stim units, the, there's so many, the beamer mats. Um, there are so many medical devices and modalities. You could easily get strayed and think, I need to have all of these for my patients in order for them to heal. And that's false. We, we don't need more data, more information. We need smart use of data and information in small strategic ways. And that's why you hire professionals to guide you. A simple visit with a expert clinician can help save you money, right? I can help patients avoid unnecessary testing because they just didn't know what they didn't know. And instead of succumbing to the recent ad they saw uh, pop up on Facebook or Instagram to buy a direct-to-consumer test they thought they needed, I can look at their case and go, wait, you know what? You don't need that. Let's try this first. It'll give us more information. So this is a long-winded way to say that the way I view patients and healing in my community is that I have three metrics that I hold myself to. Number one, I've done a great job if they feel empowered when they graduate from my services, if they feel like they understand what happened in their body, how they can help themselves out of a predicament, and if they feel like they've got a handle on what they can do and they're empowered and at peace with this. That, that to me, I've done my job. The other two that I hold myself to is practical. I live in the Midwest. We don't have access to fancy organic grocery stores with different uh, variety of unusual fruits and vegetables. And we don't have access to a lot of the things that a bigger city may have, like you know, just going down the street and floating in a float tank. That's fantastic. There's so many ways that we can find health, but I have to be practical and I have to make this usable, applicable to my community. So my solutions are practical. And I, I really do the due diligence as a mom of three that they should be cost-effective. I don't want to assign a very expensive modality or service or lab kit to a patient when we're just trying to get you moving forward. 
So that's the second metric I use on healing. And the last is lean for my business. I want to operate on a lean overhead model. So I have a hybrid practice. It's both virtual and in-person. I'm licensed in two states. I want to keep this streamlined and cozy for now. That is how I operate. It may not be how you would like. I work with a lot of practitioners in my studio that say they want this multimodality clinic. They want to bring on partners. And that's great. That's fantastic. You should. If that is your mission, that is your metric. Um, but be clear because if you're like me and you just want to keep it simple and you're like, I just want to grow and scale a membership practice, then don't be looking to those multimodality clinics or adding on expensive um you know, applications into your office. Like that's where you can get led astray. So your values, your mission, your metrics can change, but we need to actively incite this reflection every quarter on, is this still what I'm measuring my success by, right? My patients and healing, I measure by empowerment, lean overhead and practicality. Um, okay. And now that brings us to the last section that trips up a lot of uh, health entrepreneurs is success. And I've talked about this before, redefining success on your own terms. So let's put the me back into metrics of success. So I'm just thinking offhand, all the different ways we can measure success is, you know, seeing people on vacation, spontaneous, you know, weekends away in France or Greece, or maybe they own a yacht or they, um, they bought their third, you know, fancy car or whatever, you know, is successful to them. They're, they're rock climbing, they're jumping out of airplanes. Um, you know, maybe their income is 10x, you know, all those things where you see those, you know, social media, you know, um, ads that, that offer this, this solution. And I laugh at it because it's just not my definition of success. But that's okay. If that gives them happiness and peace and feeling wonderful, go. Everybody deserves to find their own version of success. My version of success is feeling at peace in my body, in my world, with the relationships around me, with the kind of community I'm building in my patients, with the health practitioners that I service. And the three other things is I value creative self-care. I want to be able to do the creative things that I'm curious about, to incorporate creativity in my patient treatment plans, and to empower the catalyst mentees that work with me, whether it's in private mentorship or the workshops or speaking you know, tours that I do, is to really give them actionable ways they can leverage the neuroscience of flow to make their life more easy and free and rekindle that fun creativity because it's truly medicinal. And that is the hill I'll die on is that should be our sixth vital sign. It is something we are innately programmed to do. And we forget this. We forget that we applied to medical school as a well-rounded human. And suddenly now we're just doctors or nurses or PAs. We forget what made us unique and self-expressive. And so my definition of success also includes activity. I want to move my body when I want to move it. I want to take walks. I want to go to the gym and be with my son who goes to the gym with me. I want the freedom to be the mom that can be very involved in her kid's life. And that kind of constraint of having a, a drop-off and pick-up time, pick time for their school, it started off as something that I really didn't like 
But that ended up being the best gift because it allowed me to be more conscientious of how I operate leanly and streamlined and also gave me the gift of relationship with them and being involved in their life in a way I never could have if I was employed in my old family practice job. So that's how I define success. And there is no wrong way. Um, I view success as what lights you up and makes you excited. And I have one single phrase that I use for everything in metrics. And if you remember anything from this episode is this one phrase that it might work for you too. And I'll show you ways you can adapt it. The phrase that I use is, I'll stop when it stops being fun. And I say that for everything. I'll stop when it stops being fun. And you might use different words. I'll stop when it stops being easy. I'll stop when it stops bringing me peace. I'll stop when it stops making me happy, whatever that is. But our human condition is naturally gravitating towards change. And when it becomes stagnant, sometimes we need to, you know, kind of spice things up a bit. But there's never a point where you can't pause and reflect, you know, is this something that is comfortably fun, comfortably enough, or is it completely stagnant and boring? Find ways to make it fun again. It doesn't mean you have to leave your job. It doesn't mean you have to leave your relationship or move to a different city or whatever, but is there a way you can make it fun again to bring that light back in your eyes? And that's how I think of metrics. Because when it stops being fun, then I'll stop doing it. And that pertains to social media, to being a doctor, to um, any kind of version of success. You know, Then that means that I've got to look back at my values and my mission and my metrics and see what am I measuring? Maybe I need to measure something different and move in a different direction. So I hope this was helpful for you to think about putting the me back in metrics and I'd love for you to connect with me on social media. Let me know how this episode hit with you. Share it with a friend or colleague and definitely join this community of healthcare practitioners that are growing and learning how to have a career, a work-life masterpiece that is self-expressive and flow-channeled and creative. I'd love to connect with you. You can sign up for my newsletters. You'll actually win prizes. Head to drlarasalier.com and say hi. Let's talk. And until next time, keep coloring outside the lines. Thank you for listening and subscribing to the Catalyst Podcast. My vision is a world without burnout, and my mission is to teach 1 million medical professionals how to tap into creativity and flow to increase joy and well being. We all deserve a medical career that is self expressive, unique, and creative. You can help by signing up for my newsletters. One of my highest values is gratitude, so I love giving back. And each newsletter is gamified. The more you share, the more you win. It's easy to sign up. Just go to drlarasalier.com forward slash win. Thank you for coloring outside the lines with me.